Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing... And I know you love what you're hearing. Please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Beautiful Sonoma County, home to almost half a million people, is a big place, stretching from San Pablo Bay all the way up and over to the coast. The legit mid-sized city of Santa Rosa sits in the middle, flanked by adorable wine country towns. It's hard to imagine that it would be hard to draw workers to this place. But a six-month investigation by the Press Democrat found that the county itself is in the midst of a staffing crisis that's undermining the basic functioning of the government in some key areas. We'll talk with reporters who put the story together and the people trying to do something about it. That's all coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about a staffing crisis in Sonoma County government. According to a deep investigation by the Press Democrat, vacancy rates for key Sonoma County positions range from 25 to 41 percent. That means different things for different parts of the county government. But both people popping down to Burbank on an evening Santa Rosa flight and people applying for CalFresh could be affected by this countywide problem. And of course, it's not just people relying on government services who are affected by understaffing. The county government is the single largest employer in the county, and it's county employees who have to bridge the gaps, work the extra shifts, get more done. It's led to burnout exacerbating the crisis. Here to tell us more about the situation and how it spiraled into its current state, we're joined by Emma Murphy, Sonoma County government and politics reporter with the Press Democrat. Welcome, Emma. Hello. And we're joined by Martin Espinoza, senior reporter on the investigative team at the Press Democrat. Welcome, Martin. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. Emma, you know, you began hearing about staffing shortages in spring 2022. Department heads began talking about this as a crisis uh, last year. Working with Martin, you started to work in the different areas of staffing shortages. Talk to me a little bit about where things are the worst. Um, So we looked at, we found three sort of key areas where the staffing shortage was really um, hitting hardest, and that was in the areas of behavioral health, Mm -hmm. economic assistance, and also in law enforcement. So those were critical areas, too, where um, employees are often working with the most vulnerable residents in the county. Yeah. So um, what goes into behavioral health? That's like uh, mental health services and things like that? Yeah, um, it's uh, basically it's it's a uh, 
behavioral health clinicians where we found the biggest problems. Mm-hmm. Um, this the, last summer, uh, the county was supposed to have uh, about 105 behavioral health clinicians, and they oversee care for thousands of low-income residents in need of services such as case management, medication, housing support, and referrals to mental health facilities. In August, there were nearly 42 vacant positions. Uh, that's a vacancy rate of almost 40%. Hmm. So for somebody seeking services, like what does that actually mean? Well, the biggest problem, well, some of the some of the problems that we've had um, we're at our crisis stabilization unit and uh, behavioral health clinicians as well as nurses, uh, uh, mental health nurses are uh, a key staff members there. So the crisis stabilization unit is essentially the county run emergency department for people in psychiatric crisis. Um, you know, some what we've had is a, a bottleneck in some of our hospitals and uh, and even in jails with some of these people who are uh, kind of stuck in emergency departments waiting for a bed to open up at the crisis stabilization unit. That unit was opened a few years ago, and it's set up for 16 beds. At one point, it even expanded to 24 beds, but the Mm -hmm. county has had trouble staffing it uh, uh, to eight. And Mm -hmm. I think at some, I've heard that at some times, uh, it's been as low as six beds. And so what happens if people can't get into that that uh, that facility, then they end up waiting to be either placed out of county elsewhere, and they're clogging up our our uh, our emergency department. Yeah, and these are some of the people who are in deepest crisis too, and need yeah. the most help. Yeah, um, the biggest emergency department that we have is Santa Rosa Memorial, and they have twenty nine beds. And at times, there have been times where uh you know they can be as ha- taking up as half those beds mm. uh, if people can't get into the uh the the crisis stabilization unit they often they're they're left waiting in these emergency departments and that's an expensive place to care for psychiatric patients they have mm. to be placed in a secure room and monitored in extreme mm. cases they can take again they can take up to half of those beds yeah Emma, let's talk about some of the economic assistance problems, which you uh, two have also uh, covered. That basically means, right, someone seeking CalFresh, let's say. Um, what does this understaffing mean for that person? Sure. So, yes, it's um, it's CalFresh and Medi-Cal. So it's for Sonoma County residents who either go into the um, the county's economic assistance center in person or they call through the, the phone lines. A lot of the time they're encountering really long wait times. Um, and sometimes, especially if they're calling on the phone, there have been times when the the wait was so long, the automated system just told callers to try again later because the, the volume was too mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really posing a barrier for people who are trying to either access these programs or just update their own uh, accounts, you know, manage their cases that are, um, if they're currently enrolled. Mm-hmm. And for the people who are working there, does that just mean essentially, you know, you describe in, in your stories the kind of phone ringing off the hook or ring, ringing endlessly, basically? Yeah, yeah. Um, it means kind of endless calls, longer times uh, on the phone, just answering calls for the full day. You know, we spoke with a, a, um, an employee who worked there who told us that, you know, typically they they would um, wrap up the phones around three o'clock. But if there's, you know, if there are people still waiting, they, they've got to go um, until mm-hmm. the last call is cleared. And so that sometimes means they're on the phone for additional hours, um, which is is really wearing. And um, that position in August had 
uh, about a, a 30% of its staff were missing. They're supposed to have 147 eligibility specialist twos, and um, 43 of those positions were vacant in August. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the understaffing crisis in Sonoma County government positions. Vacancies across the county hurting workers and residents. We're joined by Emma Murphy, Sonoma County government and politics reporter with the Press Democrat, and Martin Espinoza, senior reporter on the investigative team at the Press Democrat. They teamed up for a six-month investigation of what's been happening at the county. We'd love to hear from you. Are you a resident of Sonoma County? Have you noticed or been affected by this staffing shortage? Why don't you send us an email, forum at kqed.org. That's for uh, folks who are residents of Sonoma County, or maybe you work in Sonoma County. You can send us an email, forum at kqed.org. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of other areas that um, you all covered in your reporting. Uh, Martin, why don't you tell us a little bit about the staffing issues at the county jail? Yeah, law enforcement staff are among the hardest hit by uh, our staffing vacancies, especially the sheriff's deputies, uh, jail deputies. In August, 47 of the 180 budgeted positions were vacant. When you add the uh, 30 deputies uh, who were on leave at the time, Mm -hmm. the effective vacancy rate came out to about 43%. Uh, So staffing shortages at the jail are the reason deputies have been saddled with crushing mandatory overtime. In the three subsequent months, September, October, and November, mandatory overtime at the jail reached 92 hours each month. That's the equivalent of a second uh, full-time job. Deputies average uh, mandatory overtime uh, more than doubled in the past five years from 36 hours in 2018 to 78 hours in 2023. So for inmates, staffing shortages among jail deputies means uh, less out-of-cell time and increased safety lockdowns. In some cases, inmates have been kept in their cells for as long as 23 hours a day, and that violates the sheriff's own policy on out-of-cell time, as well as state standards. And it's just that they can't hire enough people in to staff the jail. Yeah, I mean, we're not alone in Sonoma County. The the jail deputies, uh, even patrol, uh, sheriff's patrol deputies are just, just really hard to come by these days. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a really tough, tough job. So, you know, one question over time in law enforcement has come up in a bunch of different contexts over the last few years. You know, if you look at Sonoma County, you know, I think the most recent figures I was able to find, you know, a bunch of the highest paid employees are sheriff's deputies who've worked a ton of overtime and make, you know, two or three hundred thousand um, dollars. Is this situation something people are trying to solve? You know, I mean, just to ask the question, I mean, this is an economic, it may be very difficult on people's lives and other things, but it's also an economic boost for folks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think for jail deputies, uh, uh, we're looking at maybe 92 to to over 100,000 a year. And this is, you know, right off the bat when you're hired. Well, the county is, is implementing quite a few um, sort of solutions or, or initiatives, and you'll hear more of that from from Janelle. But one other thing that they've started to do is uh, is uh, bonuses, hiring bonuses, and they range for jail deputies. I think it's twenty five thousand, and for patrol deputies, it's uh, thirty thousand, and that's paid over a three year period. That's a lot of money, but when you have other counties nearby that are offering almost twice that, it's just it's it's very competitive. Uh, the the county is starting to move 
the uh, is starting to um to show some signs of 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 mm -hmm. um yeah but you yeah, just change on the salary score yeah, yeah. yeah. And i, I mean, think since since last summer they've uh they've decreased their overall vacancy rate from 12% to 11% roughly so there is some there is some improvement but you know we're looking at what is it 19 19% of all sonoma county employees are eligible for retirement right now. Now mm -hmm. they're not all going to retire at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but any any share of that will significantly um um you know cause problems. I mean Emma it's obviously the problem generates um a complex crisis across the county. But is the solution to this kind of simple? I mean, Steve over on our digital community on the Discord writes, I know of at least one county department that has lost several important staffers to other counties for pure financial reasons. They got a huge salary boost by moving elsewhere. Sonoma County pay scales have lagged the rest of the Bay Area by a lot. I mean, is it just simply they need to pay people more money? Um, so it's it's not quite that simple. We spoke with a lot of labor experts as well as, um, you know, experts in just government hiring as far as you know what they see as the best solution. And pay is definitely a big part. And the county did um, approve a few new labor contracts that included wages, wage increases and um, like sort of one time equity increases. But it's more than that, as Martin kind of touched on. It's also, you know, the problem is these governments are competing for smaller pools of, of candidates. And um, a, a big challenge for the county, too, is its own hiring process, which takes a very long time. Mm -hmm. It averages 114 days to fill a position. And for safety positions, it's even longer. It's 175 days. And so in that time, you could have qualified candidates who receive speedier offers in mm -hmm. other places, and they're going there. Yeah. We're talking about the staffing crisis in Sonoma County government, joined by Emma Murphy, Sonoma County government politics reporter with the Press Democrat, and her partner on the investigation they did in Sonoma County, Martin Espinoza, who's a senior reporter on the investigative team. We'd love to hear from you. Are you a resident of Sonoma County or do you work there? Give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786 or send us an email, forum at kqed.org. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about an understaffing crisis in Sonoma County government. We're joined by Martin Espinoza, a senior reporter on the investigative team at the Press Democrat, and Emma Murphy, Sonoma County government and politics reporter. 
uh, with the Press Democrat. They put together a six-month investigation of the staffing crisis going on at the county. want to add in another voice. You heard uh, Martin Espinoza earlier reference Janelle. Uh, that would be Janelle Crane, Director of Human Resources uh, in Sonoma County. Welcome, Janelle. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So obviously you have an up-close and um, personal view of what's happening with staffing um, at the county. Uh, at a Board of Supervisors hearing this past Tuesday, uh, one of the people from your division tried to address these issues. Um, do you believe that the county is experiencing kind of an unusual level of understaffing? Yeah, there's no question that we've um, been challenged with our higher vacancy rate since COVID um, took place. We usually hover around 9% vacancies, and that went up to 12% um, after the COVID pandemic. So it's it's definitely unusual and something we're working really hard to turn around. Was that just retirement because people got out like in a, you know, the so-called and now seemingly totally forgotten great resignation? Was it part of that kind of conversation or was it more something else? Oh, it's a combination of many things. I think retirement or our turnover rate um, did increase as people kind of re-examined their priorities. Um, in addition to that, there are just some specific job classes that are hard to fill. So mm-hmm. behavioral health is one of them. I think, you know, you just talked a little bit with Martin and Emma about our behavioral health clinicians. The good news is, you know, they were talking about a 33% vacancy rate. That's that's now, uh, or, sorry, a 40 some odd vacancy rate that's now down to 33. We're making some progress there. But I will say that, you know, the National Institute for Healthcare Management released some information last year that this workforce shortage um, is impacting 49% of Americans with insufficient mental health uh, workforce to meet the population's needs. This isn't something that's just a Sonoma County problem. Hmm. And then, as we also mentioned, um, law enforcement's also an area where we're um, having some difficulty filling those positions. So, you know, Emma over in our digital community writes, you know, I live in Sonoma County and I have many friends struggling to find good paying jobs. I know Keyside is a notable local tech employer, lots of young workers. They just let a significant amount of people go. Um, when I when I hear insufficient workforce, I guess I have two questions. One, when you post one of these jobs, is it that people aren't applying to them? Uh, it's not what happens at KQED when we post a job. You know, we're we're like flooded by um, by people trying to trying to get jobs. So is it really that people aren't applying, or is it that there isn't the actual workforce uh, training and development that's necessary, particularly for some of these jobs that require uh, you know a, a different kind of credentialing? Yeah, it depends on the kind of job. So the more general administrative jobs, we get many applications. So we have a really good candidate pool there. Some of the more niche positions or those that do require a higher level of education or certification. Um, And specifically, like I said, in behavioral health, those are more challenging. Um, But in general, we're actually seeing an increase in the number of applications as a whole. It's just those few key areas um, that we have less. Yeah. Um, One thing that is under your control within the county, right? I mean, you can't make it cheaper to live in Sonoma County, right? Um, You can't make the work easier in your behavioral health unit. But you can control how much time it takes to move people through the process. You know, before the break, we heard Emma describing, you know, 117 days or nearly four months to fill, um, you know, general positions and for safety officer, you know, uh, almost six months to fill that kind of opening. Why does it take that long? 
Yeah, you may think that we can control it, but in a lot of ways we can't. And those numbers are really from the time that the department comes to us and says, you know, we want to recruit for this position. So we're putting together the entire plan and timeline. Then we're advertising for the position. We leave it open for a number of weeks. Then we receive all the applications and we need to go through and screen those applications to make sure that the individuals meet the minimum qualifications. And then they go in for interviews. So, and then they give notice to their employer. So that's the entire range from start to finish. And then we have other requirements, like for example, for law enforcement, there are post standards that have to be, um, that we have to comply with. And um, it, it also has to do with the availability of those training programs and when it makes sense to hire in order to put people through um, the training that's needed for those positions. You know, can I ask you this then? I mean, how does it compare, if we know, um, to to other counties? Oh, as we're right in line with other counties, I I think both in our vacancy rate, we're seeing other um, counties that have vacancy rates in the 11 to 15 percent range and some actually even in the mid 20s. So Um, our vacancy rate is not higher than other counties. And that time to hire is really, it really depends on each county, but we are definitely not out of line with what's pretty typical for a government agency. Hmm. I mean, mean we don't want it to be better. Yeah. (laughs) Martin, I mean, uh, I assume as a senior investigative reporter at the Press Democrat, you thought something was going on that was out of the ordinary. Well, it's actually Emma that... uh... (laughs) Emma, yeah, Emma, uh, Emma, take this one. Yeah. I'm sure. So just going back to that um, county budget discussion from spring 2022 that you you mentioned, what struck me there was, you know, it's not unusual for department heads to be making staffing requests and, you know, sort of describing heavy workloads. But what stood out was um, how each department head during those budget talks described the same challenge with the same level of urgency. And then in 2023, some department heads started making public statements about specific divisions approaching crisis levels. And as Martin and I started really diving into it, we discovered that, you know, there were um, it became clear to us that, you know, local residents were being impacted and maybe not realizing it. And then, you know, on the other side were employees who were describing severe stress and, and burnout to us in interviews. Um, it's, this is, it's, it's normal to have the staffing vacancies, you know, in the single digits, even in the low double digits. But when, it, when you get staffing vacancy rates of up to 20, 30%, then these departments, they start spiraling. Um, it's just like kind of out of not out of control, but it's kind of a vicious cycle, and uh, uh, you'll just because the work gets harder. The work gets harder. Everybody is saddled with uh, whether it's more overtime or just more work, and you've got one person doing the work of two. Um, and even even in cases where there aren't a lot of people in a department or a division, when you have two people, uh, two or three people doing. A job and one of them is gone. It's it it just completely throws things out of whack. Yeah, we're talking about staffing crisis in Sonoma County government. Joined by Martin Espinoza, a senior reporter on the investigative team at the Press Democrat, Emma Murphy, Sonoma County government and politics reporter at the same paper. Also joined by Janelle Crane, director of human resources with Sonoma County. Love to hear from you. Do you work for, are you a resident of Sonoma County? Have you noticed the staffing shortage in one way 
or another. You can email us forum at kqed.org. You can find us on the different social channels, on uh, all the social media, as well as our digital community on Discord. You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Uh, let's bring on another voice. Travis uh, Balzarini is SEIU Local 1021 Sonoma County Chapter President. Welcome, Travis. Thank you for having me. So, Travis, you've been listening, um, and you work representing workers in Sonoma County. What have we missed so far from the worker perspective? Um, so I, I, I think it would be helpful to back up a little bit and look back. Um, at least I've been at the county for 15 years. When I started at the county, um, there there were a lot of better benefits. There was Kaiser, or actually all healthcare was 80% covered. Um, there was a, a really great pension system where after 30 years, you can get 90% of your pay for life. Hmm. There was retirement healthcare. So you work 10 years, you get healthcare for life on the county's plan. You work 20 years, your spouse is covered. In, in the time since then, the county has reneged on their promises. So they've uh, removed the, the retiree health care, for instance. Um, they've, they've stopped covering 80% health care to the point where we had to go on strike in 2015 because employees were shouldering 80% of the health care costs. Um, the, it, overall, if you look at where we come from and where we are today, there's just been a history of the county not respecting workers and not planning or offering any kind of longevity incentive. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the, the way governments are structured, um, the, the pay scales take about two and a half to three years to hit the top step. So you join the county in two and a half to three years, you're at you're at the top you can make for that step. And, and now you've got to look at another job. So is there another job in the county I can promote to? If not, I, I've got to look elsewhere. Uh, to to make ends meet and live in this county, so there's there 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 aren't the benefits that there used to be, um, and a lot of employees like to come here because they want to serve the community. You know, they they want to help people, their neighbors, uh, they're passionate. But when 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 there's so much understaffing on purpose, um, it, it's oh wait, really st- hard stop there. What do you mean on. understaffing on purpose? Talk to me more about that. Okay, so um, so back in 2008, the Great Recession, right? Um, the, the county cut jobs, they uh, offered voluntary retirements, a little incentive for people to leave. Um, the, the county never filled most of those jobs. We, we had five years without cost of living increases after that. There were furloughs. Um, and, and subsequently, all those jobs, so even though the, the vacancy numbers we're looking at now, they're actually correct. But what it doesn't account for is back in that time period, there were hundreds of jobs that went unfilled and then they just removed them from the rolls. Mm -hmm. So those jobs never came back, most of them. Um, So again, we were already at a deficit. And then um, subsequent uh, county administrators implemented policies where uh, the department heads have to cut a a certain percentage of their their budget every year. And usually it's about 10, like give me a 15% and a 10% um, hmm. you know, reduction, what's this look like for you? And then justify giving more or, or staying at the same level. And so what? that's been going on for at least, you know, eight years, roughly. Yeah. Um, so again, well, you know, departments yeah. that didn't have anywhere to cut from cut employees and now they're to the bone. So Travis, you know, those things from your narration of it, 
seem like they would have been true before the pandemic as well when staffing levels were much higher. So what do you think changed through the pandemic or through just maybe it wasn't the pandemic, maybe through this period of time that have led to the the current levels of staffing? Well, I think uh, the fires and then the pandemic really emphasized, um, you know, life's short. There are lots of options. Um, it's, it's not worth it if you don't feel like you're being respected from your employer and there's no incentive to stay. Um, for instance, in our bargaining unit, we've, we've, I've went back through all our contracts starting in, in 2000 and we've asked for longevity pay. So some kind of incentive, you know, after you hit that two and a half years to, to keep people around for the 30 year mark that we're aiming for, that used to be the standard in, in county government. Um, and, and the county has every time turned us down. Even when this last bargaining cycle, we asked for like 15, 50 cents, like at 15 years for employees. And they still said no. So there's just not a feeling of the county valuing our longevity. And mm-hmm. until they do that, employees are not going to stick around. Um, Janelle Crane, Director of Human Resources with Sonoma County. I assume that you disagree with that. Well, I think we have different perspectives. Um, I very much value what Travis is talking about. A lot of that going back to 2008 is, you know, many, many years ago. And we've added quite a number of positions just in the last five years at the county. I will say that I think, you know, we just negotiated probably the highest contract I've ever seen. And I've worked for the county for 29 years. Um and so we have a three-year contract with all of our unions that resulted in market adjustments as well as cost of living increases and um, other benefits as well. And I did want to, in response to Travis's comment about healthcare, just say that we actually do have um, benefit packages available to our employees that are 100% paid. So it's not as if they don't. There isn't a um, a paid benefit plan there. So. I think his his perspective is an important one, but it's also important to share that it's really important for us to balance um, pay for our employees and compensation against the fiscal responsibility that we have to our community um, and the taxpayers. And so that's really our job as we go into these labor negotiations is to look for ways that we can provide um, the wages that our employees need, but also make sure that we can sustain that um, over time. So question on that. Um, Obviously, if you have a bunch of vacancies, uh, there's a bunch of cost savings to that, even given all the overtime. So what happens to to that money? And does it go into a fund that allows for, you know, increasing retention money? Like what happens? Yeah. So for the first time, we're actually using salary savings to help pay for our incentive program for the difficult to fill positions. So we currently have 34 positions that are on the difficult to fill list. And that means that they are eligible for an incentive of 10 to $30,000 over a three-year period. So part of the salary savings is used for that. And then whatever the departments um, don't spend, and it, that is general fund from those salary savings, it gets returned mm-hmm. to the general fund. So, um, and then that becomes part of the the budget that is available for that next year for the services. Yeah. Um, 
We want to get to some uh, comments and calls from folks who've been, you know, directly affected by by what's been happening. Uh, Martin writes in to say, you know, I've had to go to the Medi-Cal Service Center in Santa Rosa several times because reaching a live person by phone is always next to impossible. And dealing with issues is always document heavy. It's always overcrowded there, virtually no one masks. They sit tightly packed together. Wait times always average over an hour, and it's hard to communicate with all the ambient noise with clerical staff behind glass partitions and loud voices necessary. It's a mini nightmare each time I go there, but the system offers no real choice. Um, Emma, I assume this is a story that you have heard from other people in the community. Yes. Um, actually, we spoke with... Um uh, two residents in Sonoma County, Robin Baum and her 86-year-old mother, Donna Helwig, mm-hmm. they'd spent over a year trying to sign Helwig up for Medi-Cal benefits. She needed in-home supportive care for help with everyday tasks like cooking and doing the laundry. She relied on her neighbors to help bring in the mail and, and her trash bins. And they were stuck in this loop where they would make it part of the way through the application process, You know, dealing with different people each time, filling out different types of paperwork each time, Mm. only to wind up having to start all over again. Um, And it just became so frustrating for them that at the end of last year, Baum told us that they simply gave up. And this was after trying the through the the phones. And um, I believe Baum also at one point tried to go in person as well. And uh, sadly, at the end of January, Helwig passed away. Mm. Mom told us she does not hold the county responsible for her mom's passing, but they could have helped make her last months easier. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for that, Emma Murphy, Sonoma County government and politics reporter with the Press Democrat, joined by her partner in this investigation by uh, the Press Democrat, Martin Espinoza, who's a senior reporter on the investigative team. If you go to the Press Democrat, they have a whole series of articles about what's been happening uh, with different areas of Sonoma County government. Um, staffing. We're also joined by Janelle Crane, Director of Human Resources with Sonoma County, and Travis Balzarini, who works for the county uh, and is SEIU Local 1021 Sonoma County Chapter President. Um, We're going to get to more calls and comments right after the break, hopefully from residents and workers in Sonoma County. The email address is forum at kqed.org. The phone number is 866-733-6786. If you've been affected by uh, Sonoma County staffing, let us know. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrig. We're talking about a understaffing crisis in Sonoma County government, in particular, behavioral health, jail, and several other areas. Joined by Travis Balzarini, SEIU, Local 1021, Sonoma County Chapter President, works in IT for Sonoma County. Janelle Crane, Director of Human Resources at the county, and two reporters who've brought light to this issue with a major investigation for the Press Democrat there, uh, Emma Murphy and Martin Espinoza. Let's bring in a caller. Uh, let's go to uh, Carl, who lives in Sonoma County. Welcome. Hello. Uh, yeah, my name's Carl. And um, one issue that I don't hear being addressed uh, is what I'll call governance issues. Uh, one is that there's a, there are large parts of our county that are, are what's called unincorporated, meaning thousands of people who live in them don't live in a city or town that's incorporated. So county government is really their first line of government from whom they get all of the services. And that's a lot of work to do. Whereas, let's say, if you live in a city like Santa Rosa, you have uh, a city government that you can go to first for the things that you need. And Sonoma County has large swaths of unincorporated areas with thousands of people. And I think we've got to take that into account when we think about the kind of investment it takes to serve all of our citizens. And then the other thing I'll say is that you know, you've got a county that is governed by five hardworking supervisors, but there's no chief ex- executive in any real sense. No one runs in an election that says, okay, I- I'm, I'm going to be the, the chief executive of the county that's going to get affordable housing, or I'm the one for growth, or I'm the one for better jobs. And so you have to have five or at least three out of five supervisors agree to just about everything that you need to get done. And I think that's hard. Hmm. Let's go uh, to Martin on this. Thank you for uh, bringing up um, the term governance issues there, Carl. Good, uh, excellent points. And I, uh, Martin, I want to ask you specifically about um, Carl's second point, which is about the sort of form of Sonoma County government, right? There is a county administrator, right, Christina Rivera, um, who is functions as CEO, but as uh, as Carl noted, like it's not an elected official, right? It's a it's a appointed role. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, Christina has been, I mean, this is, this is a, a big priority for her. She told us she's trying to get the, uh, the, um, vacancy rate down to 9%. And I think that's considered if Janelle, correct me, a somewhat normal, normal rate. Um, she wants to do that by the end of the, by the end of the year. And she says it's her number one priority. Uh, so I, I, I think, but I think the point he's making that uh, there are some swaths of the county that don't have, you know, the uh, the support or the the services of a of a an incorporated city or 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 town. Yeah, those those are those are a little a little harder hit mm-hmm. than than, mm-hmm. than others. But the county provides services, whether it's law enforcement uh, in the form of the, uh, the sheriff's office or. Or uh, social services and other services, it, it provides them across the county. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they don't have cities. They don't have a city government structure to, that would help them help yeah. them out. Well, and Emma, maybe it uh, makes sense to talk a little bit about reporting on Mendocino County too, which seems like it should have a, a subset of these same problems. Yes, um, it does. We've you know learned heard largely from. Um, 
again, experts and, and other, you know, county officials studying how local governments are approaching their staffing challenges. And um, what we've heard is that for smaller or more rural counties, um, the, the challenges are often greater and it really comes down to money because a lot of the solutions cost money, whether it's the hiring bonuses, increasing wages, or offering other kinds of employee incentives. Um, in Mendocino County, the vacancy rate was 27% uh, last October. And um, the, the county's biggest struggle, according to the deputy chief executive officer there, was um, revenue. She said that the county had revenue sources like property taxes, but it's more limited compared to larger counties. And um, as a result, Mendocino County was... Um, had a, had trouble retaining employees who were leaving for other counties like Sonoma, which gets to what Martin was describing earlier, which is this sort of fierce competition for a smaller, smaller pool of candidates. Mm. You know, I wanted to talk about something that a, a bunch of our listeners have brought up. Um, let me read a few of their comments and we can talk about this as a, as a group here. Michael writes, I'm 42 and a lifelong resident of Sonoma County. The cost of housing is a major limiting factor when it comes to being able to live and work here. 70% of my peers that live here and have professional degrees don't have jobs in this county. At least one person, if not two, work remotely or commute to other counties where their jobs are located. Uh, Molzaho on the Discord writes, you know, housing affordability contributes to a lack of hiring pool. Cities and counties must get involved in the creative property owners. Um, and I, I guess I'm curious first, Janelle, let's um, go to you. How do you think that housing affordability has affected uh, staffing in Sonoma County, particularly because when we talk about the pandemic, one thing that did change is lots of people moved to um, slightly further out areas of the Bay Area um, and drove up housing prices there? Yeah, I think there's actually, you know, telework came with a pandemic and that's um it helps and hurts us, I'd say, in that flexibility is something that people are looking for, but it also means that we have people who do live here in Sonoma County who are able to telecommute and work for companies in the big cities. So they may be working in, you know, Oakland or San Francisco. So housing housing prices is important. Um, absolutely, we need affordable housing in order for people to be able to live and work in, in the community. Yeah. Um, Travis, how about for the SEIU folks that you talk with, how much, like, where would you rank housing affordability on their list of concerns? I'd say very high. Um, during bargaining last year, we had nine employees from SEIU 1021. So this is not the entire county, just a subset of between 2,200 to 2,400 people, depending on the time of year. Nine of those people were homeless. Think about that for a minute. They work for the county government. They couldn't afford a home in any sense in this county mm. or anywhere, frankly. Um, and we, uh, as far as I know, we we were able to get them into shelters. Um, and then there's other employees who relied on CalFresh to put food on the table. Mm. Um, so, and our lowest paid workers, uh, the extra help employees who make $21 an hour often work another job to make ends meet. And again, they probably are not affording their own home so it's 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 a major crisis for our, for our workforce from our perspective. And do you have solutions that are part of what you're trying to do, or is it just kind of a, a factor that you have to manage as you try and you know get people the best deal you can? Oh, it's it's just something we try to to we try to raise raise the floor so that people can afford to live here. Um, yeah. That that's really all we can do in the, in this effort. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to ask uh, you, Martin, about this, you know, housing affordability and how you saw it play out in your in your investigation. Um, is, was that a major factor in what people were saying about why they were, you know, the, the turnover specifically of people leaving each other? Yeah. I mean, everybody had a pandemic. Uh globally but here in sonoma county we've you know prior to the pandemic we were just struck by fire wildfire after wildfire and uh it uh you know those disasters led to job losses and ever-increasing housing costs um the they also led to an exodus of residents who decided not to not to rebuild here in sonoma Mm -hmm. county Mm -hmm. but rather to go to a county or state where their insurance payouts and incomes could go a little further. So many who were on the cusp of retirement finally did so. Mm. Uh, some, including first responders, medical workers, mental health workers, property assessors, became overburdened with kind of that disaster era workload. And this was, again, year after year. I think there was one year before the pandemic start started where we didn't have a fire here in Sonoma County. Mm. I think it was 2018. Uh, but they were close. They were up in Mendocino. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big it's a big big deal. I'm trying to, trying to think of uh, what we were told. We did a um, a uh, through public records request. We got summaries of exit interviews of former employees mm. who had resigned or retired. And one deputy sheriff who left in 2021, he wrote, "quote Not leaving due to department." Leaving due to fires, evacuations, power shutoffs, need a better work-life balance for my young family. Mm-hmm. And another uh, social work assistant who retired uh, in 2022 listed uh, the reasons uh, that, that that person left pretty succinctly, said, COVID, tired, older. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of pretty much mm-hmm. sums it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janelle, do you feel like that is a, an a- accurate summary of what you got out of at least some of these X interviews? Yeah, it's been a very challenging five years for this workforce. There's absolutely no question about it. And and people are tired. Um, I think I'm hoping that we're starting to find our way out of it, but we need to support our staff. And so, you know, we did a mental health fair this year. We've got another one coming up this spring to try to support um our employees. We're also going to do a survey, uh, employee engagement survey to try to get more information about the areas where there are opportunities for us to improve our support to our employees. But yeah, there's, there's absolutely no question that it's been a really hard, challenging five years. Yeah. Let's bring in another caller here. Let's go to uh, Ryan in Petaluma. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, I was calling uh, the Press Democrats been covering uh, another issue with the county um, along the same lines with contracting out to nonprofits uh, with the health department. And it seems like there's been a series of issues from um, uh, the nonprofits not completely fulfilling the contracts and the, and the county not paying the nonprofits. And so I was wondering what the latest is on that front. And, you know, does this when the county contracts out and it's not like successful, as it seems like in this case, does that add additional stress and and burdens on the employees and, and again, causing a a bad spiral uh, for the employees? Yeah. Emma, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, 
I would love to. I, I can't too much. It's actually another reporter mm. who's been uh, covering that. <laughs> it's Andrew Graham. I can pull him from the newsroom. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we will send people over to the uh, Press Democrat website where they can also find uh, the rest of the reporting that you all have done on the staffing crisis in Sonoma County, joined by Emma Murphy and Martin Espinoza from the Press Democrat, Janelle Crane, Director of Human Resources uh, at Sonoma County, and Travis Balzarini, who's SEIU local 1021 Sonoma County chapter president. This is a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. For more information about how to support KQED, go to kqed.org. I am Alexis Madrigal. Um, I, I do want to get um, to one other comment here about the nonprofits and um you know, this goes to you. I mean, Liza, you know, please compare the personnel needs of the nonprofit sector, which often provides the same services as county employees with the labor shortage in the government. It kind of seems to get a little bit at the actual staffing model of how a county should run. Yeah, I'm not sure what the question is. Can you repeat that for me? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's questions both, you know, combining Ryan's and also uh, our commenter uh, and, and listener that there is a sort of division of labor between the county and nonprofits. Do does Sonoma County have the right one? Oh, uh, you know, that's probably a question that's beyond me. Um, yeah. I think the nonprofits are um, yeah. a big support, obviously, to the services that the county provides. And many times some of the employees may um, start working for a nonprofit and um, transition to the county at some point. But the mix of uh, nonprofit and county employees is definitely not a question for, for me. I'd yeah. say that's more for the board or the county administrator. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> um, Travis, how about you? From your perspective, um, how do you see that that split? Uh, I would I would say we, we have the wrong mix. I would say we outsource far too many services. Um, it, the county likes to consider this a salary savings because um, they don't have to pay the people. Uh, they don't have to worry about their pension um, or their benefits. Um, so it's, it's just a, an easier way to, to offload that, that human workload, mm. um, with, with also the, the ability to, to have some plausible deniability if mm. it should go bad. Um, it, it, yeah. it, it's really a bad model. And, uh, a lot of, uh, we, I've speak to, spoken to a lot of employees who came from those and they say they were poorly paid and, and all the money in those, uh, nonprofits was at the top. I know that's not true for all of them. But I've heard this numerous times from county employees who used to work for the, for for these little organizations mm -hmm. that provide valuable services. So those people would like to work for the county and get our benefits and, and offer those services to the to the citizens of our county. I, yeah. I, I would advocate we should bring those back in house. Um, let's go back to the phones. Tom in Santa Rosa, welcome. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, hoping to hear some good news out of this show, but uh, kind of losing faith quickly. Uh, just briefly. So on the housing score, uh, yeah, these entities in our county that are tasked with connecting unhoused folks to shelter, they're not really integrated. So they have their own little things going on. And because they're not integrated, there's there's no way to sort of holistically, there's no networking where someone who's unhoused will go this place and then that connects them to the whole system. So there's a lot of hit and miss, mostly miss from what I can tell. Uh, I work in mental health. 
here in Santa Rosa. The other thing I want to mention is the staff at the county are so overwhelmed on the mental health score. They are unable to really do what they're tasked to do. It's just, and it's been that way for a long time. I kind of wonder about financially auditing the county without getting like conspiratorial. Something is not happening at the top. It's really not an integrated system that's that's moving the ball very much. So I'm just really concerned. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's a lot of bureaucracy, and it doesn't seem very efficient. Hey, Tom, Sad thank, to say. Yeah, thanks for that, Tom. Um, I want to get to an, uh, another uh, another worker in Sonoma County. Leah writes in to say, I've lived in Sonoma County for 10 years now. I've worked for the county for seven years and left the county workforce in 2020. Not surprised by the crisis, Sonoma County has faced many challenges over the past several years. Multiple large wildfires, high cost of living, made worse after the 2017 Tubbs fire especially, and an aging population and workforce. A good portion of the county is 65 plus, and with the unaffordable cost of living and recent fires, many young adults and families aren't moving here or are leaving. But on top of all this, the biggest issue facing some departments is a leadership crisis. This is the case for the health department. They often hire high-level administrators who don't, do not have extensive experience in medicine and public health. Um, Emma and Martin, um, sometimes the journalists have to provide a little bit of, uh, of good news, as Tom wanted to hear. What are you seeing um, going forward, and have you seen some progress already since you began the investigation? Yeah, um, things are improving. Um, I don't know. I would like to believe that they are going to get it down to, to 9%, uh, but that's just the overall um, uh, uh, vacancy rate. But I, what's driving that, what's driving our, our overall vacancy rate, the higher overall vacancy rate, are these key departments. And if they can get at those uh, departments, if they can hire more mental health workers, if they can hire more jail deputies, if they can hire more um, uh, and they are hiring more. Uh, then I think they will they will move that dial. But uh, getting it down to nine percent when you have nineteen percent of your pop of your workforce eligible for retirement, uh, it's 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 going to be a hard fight, thing. Fight in the tide, yeah. Um, hey, thanks. Can I, so, can oh, I clarify that point briefly? Um, um, actually, Kate, we're we're out of time. I'm so sorry. Oh, we we, we oh, can oh. direct people to uh, county website and to the Press Democrat. Um, we've been talking about the staffing crisis in Sonoma County government, joined by uh, Emma Murphy and Martin Espinoza from the Press Democrat, Janelle Crane, Director of Human Resources at Sonoma County, and Travis Balzarini, SEIU Local 1021, Sonoma County Chapter President. Been talking about staffing in Sonoma County. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with guest host Scott Schaefer. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.